Hello and welcome to Kids Get Acquainted with the Internet, a Girl Meets World podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Keith. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 8 of Girl Meets World, entitled Girl Meets Ski Lodge, Part 1. We're recording Part 1 now. We're going to do Part 2 in a little bit afterwards. So check out that later if you've seen it. On Hopefully Watch Disney. <laughs> um, so here's the deal. Uh, for one thing, Caitlin isn't here. Um, we're going to do... We're saving mail time and everything because we're doing two episodes in a row we're gonna save all that for next week or or during the break or whatever um and we're gonna do a big thing with caitlin sort of looking back at the two parts and everything but for right now we're doing sort of the truncated version first thoughts Mm -hmm. that's a a podcast all about elephants obviously (laughs) um so i've seen both parts but i'm not gonna spoil part two for anybody in case you haven't seen part two yet Keith has only seen part one so far. Just now. So we're going to talk clearly. That will help me not spoil because I don't want to spoil him. So we're going to talk about part one. And here we go. And away <laughs> we go. What did you think of part one? Uh, okay. <laughs> it was a very charming episode. Mm. Um, and it definitely confused me in a way that no episode has con- confused me before. Because I think the charm of it overall does outweigh... The laziness in certain areas being that it was so expositiony at points, specific, uh, specifically at the beginning, even though Corey was great and funny at the beginning, all the kids kind of being the narrator. To re-explain for the Girl Meets World audience what yeah. happened back in Boy Meets World. And then it's like breaking the fourth wall in ways like Corey and Topanga, America's sweetheart. Yeah. And I just, I could like that, but I don't know if I did in that context. It mm. was so saturated by it. Mm. I will say... All the fantasy sequences, I loved. I think that if anything hurt this, it was trying to cram the parallels from the Ski Lodge episode and the fantasy sequences into one episode, plus the... Triangle talk. The set... Well, that... that, (laughs) Yeah. The the setup and the talking about things out of universe... Yeah. It was... Is the other point that hurts me on this. I think... I'm so... I don't know. I, I'm going to have a hard time giving a, a value because... There are parts that were really great, parts that you were not at, so, it's, so you don't know where to I'm land. I'm going to say a B plus. Interesting. Okay. But I feel like I I want to give it more. I want to bring it to the A range, mm. but I know that I have to have a little bit of... A little bit of a harder stone here. Yeah. <laughs> because I have to judge it overall. Yeah. And even though it was so incredibly charming as an episode... There were super awkward points in mm. the just the exposition yeah. typeness of it. Yeah. Away we go. <laughs> All right. So I, I was thinking actually a B, which is funny. I thought it was a very sweet episode, a very funny, just like charming episode, like you said. Like a lot of people complained because like no plot really, like nothing actually happened. It's part of it. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> we've had worse no plots. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, to me, like it is a comedy at the end of the day. And so if I had fun with it and I laughed, then I'm not going to give it a crappy grade, you know, like, and so, you know, if, if they're trying to do something super serious and then all I did was laugh and think it was charming, that would be an issue. But this was one of, we're going to take a step, step here. We're going to pause and sort of 
have meta commentary and be ridiculous. I thought that the stylized stuff with the fantasy sequences were the best they've ever done with fantasy stuff. It felt yeah, the most uh, like mo- the most like Boy Meets World fantasy stuff. Certainly, yeah. Yes. And I thought that it was it was just smart and it, it, the, some of the stuff I felt was actually kind of innovative because I, I don't know how much as that you were getting as far as like the subtext of what those fantasy sequences were talking about and sort of the meta of how they're supposed to represent like how the different ships see the other ship. So like the whole point is that like everybody, all the Rukus people complain, oh, Lukaya would never work because they just argue the whole time and they would never work out. And all the Lukaya people say, oh, Rukus would never work because they'd just be lovey-dovey and everybody would be awful and it'd be terrible. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, to an extent that becomes a commentary on that, but it also, it just is a commentary on the characters, the characters themselves. Yeah, doesn't necessarily yeah. have, if you, if you told me that's the source, I would believe it, yeah. but I don't necessarily need to see that yeah. as the source for it to be that. Yeah. I, I just think that that was that's an interesting. It was a different kind of meta for them, and I, it felt sort of fresh to me. Yeah, and I, I think that it also has one of the more subtle messages. Like if you, because I feel like you could walk away from this episode and say there is no message, but I, but I think that there was a message here, which was that what you what you think you want out of a relationship, what you think a relationship should be. Is not. It shouldn't be just based on ridiculous romance movies. It shouldn't be just based on adventure. There's something else that's more important than that, and that comes in part two. Well, in addition, and, I also think it's uh, the the line, "Well, who's in control?" or like, mm-hmm. how, "How do you know who's in control of your life?" comes into question too, because of the whole nature thing and human yeah, nature, yeah. and and so I think th- there is a a little sliver of message in there that's yeah. saying there's always something else. Influencing your decisions or mm. influencing the way your life will turn out, other than just your personal stake in it yeah. or what you think is the right way to go. Yeah, which is interesting in its own right. I think it's probably a good thing they didn't go into it too heavy. Yeah, yeah. I, I do also. I do. I also think there's a meta level to showing meta level <laughs> to showing the to to the audience yeah. what you think you want out of these relationships. That's not a full relationship. That like what what's really important for relationships isn't just the fact that Maya and Lucas have great banter, or the fact that you know Lucas came on a horse. Oh yeah, to well, ride, you know that the is, line that they say. Uh, Maya says to Lucas, "You know that's what you like about me." He says, "No, it's not." Yeah, I think it, yeah. I mean that is telling because it really becomes sort of like protect me from what I want mm. kind of moment. If that is a message to the fan, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I think this is a, a pretty fun episode. I, I, we were talking. We were kind of spitballing about. Would it have made maybe more sense if, like, they were on the bus to the place and then they fell asleep and the movie... They, they were watching movies on the bus yeah. and then it became that? I, I feel like... Because I feel like the structure of how they got to these fantasy sequences didn't super work Yeah, I mean, great. especially because... Well, did you grade it? I gave it Oh, B. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, because it is part one of two... Yeah. And I, although I love the set, yeah. maybe we shouldn't have got there at all yet. Mm. I think that maybe part two could have been the whole parallels to Lauren and all that kind of little jokes here and there and yeah. all those uh, things. And part one could have been they're on a charter bus watching something. People are dozing off, looking out the window, daydreaming, and maybe sitting next to each other, getting into arguments, and then daydreaming. And then those things come about. Yeah. And then we don't have to get the whole, like... Oh, what would this be? What would that be? <laughs> Imagine what would happen. Think about it. And honestly, that's not even the worst yeah. of the setup. I mean, when I say setup, I mean the whole we're going on a trip, guys. Yeah. This is what happened twenty years ago in Boy Meets World. <laughs> Do you remember? We're telling you. Yeah. I broke my leg. <laughs> Look at <Yeah>. the stars. <laughs> I will say another thing that 
helps this episode for me is that we know that the triangle is actually ending now. Like if if they, do we? I mean, they've said a lot of things yeah. a lot of times. <laughs> but 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 going under that assumption, I was able to have more fun with this episode than I would have otherwise. Because you're saying it's going to die now. It might as well go in a, in a blaze of glory. Yeah, I might as well. Like <laughs> I, I can have fun with it as opposed to being like another episode where nothing happens. <laughs> I mean, because we've already had Legacy, which was a, a fun episode, but nothing really happened, <laughs> and we've already had New Year's, which was a fun episode, but nothing really happened. So yeah. <laughs> And actually, it's interesting because oftentimes those can either be the best or the worst. Yeah. And I think in this case, I think it was for the best. Yeah. Because the parts where nothing happened were the best parts of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was just fun. All right. So I'm going to go into some of my notes. We're not going scene by scene, but I have sort of chronological highlight points to talk about. Chronological unit one. <laughs> so uh, we start with Corey's nature thing with smacking the board. Very funny joke. I, I like Corey that a lot. Corey was great at the beginning. Yeah. I, again, this is the kids, you know, usually they're great, but it was the lines here, yeah. obviously. It was too heavy-handed. Yeah, was... yeah. I was thinking that the episode probably should have been called Girl Meets Nature, and I feel like that would have made more sense, but whatever. So... We have him talking about human nature, and we hear about Yobi for the first time. Love it. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty. That was all the yogi, all the Yogi and Darby stuff. I thought was really great in this it, episode. It was especially great because of the way it was integrated, very fluidly. Yeah, and and textured throughout the episode, in and out. Like yeah. when Yogi is going to the girls' rooms, and then yeah. Josh like kind of manhandles him <laughs> back out. That was great. That was I mean, really great. That was visual at first and then became yeah. a line so that might literally be my favorite josh moment <laughs> oh no that is definitely by far my favorite josh moment yeah. because until that point of the episode i was really saying wow josh in this context might have funny things to say and do yeah but his character just does not have the charisma mm. that the writers think it does mm. josh's character is like is like we're talking about this i think Couple last time ago. or whatever it was that he is the true prop yeah because he is the real pretty boy he is the real face because that's all he is in the show because face refers to in the show or not in, mm. in the sort of story of the show um i think that when he delivers lines next to maya and this he's like okay well that's pretty funny but imagine if that was you know lucas if it was turned around it would be yeah. funnier yeah so i think that that um, line of like you know oh, aren't you glad you brought me or whatever yeah was redeeming in that way yeah yeah I I'll say I'm interested to see what you think of Josh in part two uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything but I'll say that when I watched part one I was like I don't understand why he's even here uh -huh. um, except for that part yeah <laughs> as far as far as like I understand that like the hints that you can draw from this episode are. Topanga invited him, so Topanga probably thinks, oh, he might be helpful in ending the triangle. That's an assumption you can make. But I don't understand in this episode... How very Lily Aldrin of her. <laughs> very true. But I, don't I didn't understand in this episode why he... Uh, would want to be here, but he's in the middle of college right now. Why? <laughs> like, like it, I don't understand, but it makes a little bit more sense in that next episode. So we'll see what you think about that. So, but what did you think about his re-entrance and Maya sort of reacting like a monkey and all that? Yes, I love the monkey thing, and I, and I said this to you when mm. we were watching. They've successfully made the kids less and less mature. Yeah, <laughs> after you know, in this season for different reasons. And maybe it's because they're having too many feelings. <laughs> I, it was great. It was, it was great. It was funny. As far as Josh's re-entrance, it definitely could have gone a lot worse. Yeah, yeah. Thematically, I'm not necessarily on board 
with the whole Josh Maya dynamic, especially how they've shown it. It's not like I'm saying, oh, I'm against that ship. It's that I'm against the way that they've done that art form there. And so I probably am not getting the full force. They probably want the audience Mm. to feel the whole like, ooh. He's back. I mean, obviously he's glad that the actor is feeling better and is, is, you know, everything. But I know it it challenges me Mm. to accept his reentrance and again, like I said, I don't know that his character possess, uh, possesses the charisma that I think it does. Yeah. Um, so I think it was handled mostly well. Yeah. I, I thought that... So the way I reacted in part one to it was I actually had a big issue with the monkey business thing when I first watched it. On the rewatch with you, I was like, okay, that's not that bad. But I, I was just so prepped for I don't like how Maya acts right. when she's around him. Changes was, everything about yeah, her. Yeah, and I was just like, I don't, I don't like this like super immature, insane person that they make her into. Uh, I also thought it was sort of... When I watched the first episode, I was like, I thought it was kind of weird when later on she says, oh, Josh is just a fantasy, it's no big deal, whatever, because it felt to me like sort of contradictory to what they were trying to build up in <laughs> yeah. Tot, right? Yeah. Where they were like, oh, it's real feelings. Now, I mean, I guess you could say that was like defensive or something, but the way that th- this episode presented Josh to me, it really did seem like, oh, he's the he's like the teacher that I have a crush yeah, on. That's extra troubling because that's also sort of half the defense that she's taking with Lucas Yeah, and certain times. So, they're just not writing Maya's catalyst for love mm. in general well. Yeah. I think that's the main issue. Yeah. The, what they've done with the dynamic between Maya and Josh has been so atrocious, especially in Tot. I, I mean... <laughs> you have so much anger about it. I mean, that's just the sweater girl in the college. <laughs> I just... Oh, it's so insane. But I... I don't know. I think that, in general, the monkey thing was funny because in this episode, we're seeing more and more Maya, how she was meant to be. Mm. Her hair is interesting. It looks like she did it herself. It's just messy enough yeah. to look like she did it herself, that she's a little edgy. Yeah. You know, um, she's dressed in a normal way that I would expect her character to be. Yeah. She's acting, you know, irresponsible to the degree... Um, we'll get to that actual theme of irresponsibility yeah. later with Lucas, but let's hold off on that. Yeah. But I, I think that even though Maya and Sabrina were absolutely great in this episode, yeah. that whole dynamic with Josh is still not anything I can take seriously. Mm-hmm. So, we got these new sets. I think maybe we should hold off on them until part two, because that's when you really actually start them okay. to see them using the different areas, and they, okay. actually, they use them very well, I think, in part two. Okay. I would just, uh, just say, I love the yeah. ski lodge yeah. color palette, yeah. because even though it's bright and intriguing, for the most part, cool colors yeah. are there to recede, and the warm, even though there's bright leaves for the background, that's mm-hmm. the far background, you know, the color palettes of people's outfits and everything yeah. is really nice, and it's colorful, but muted, it's earthy. Yeah but fresh, and it's just a lovely visual yeah. episode. The visual tone, and like I think I'm pretty sure Ryder, did the, Ryder and Shiloh did this. I should double-check, probably, but, but whatever. Um, it's just the visual feeling of the episode that was very, very nice. And It's so nice to see yeah. Lucas in a sweatshirt and yeah. ripped jeans. He yeah. looks so like he should in the first place. Yeah. So, moving into the part of the Lauren arc references that I liked, I really liked Topanga saying, oh, Lauren did not age well seeing the old lady working there. I thought that was really funny. I think, in general, Topanga was was better than usual this episode. She didn't have a ton. Certainly, yes. Tastefully used, definitely. 
So then we have Maya sort of, so we know that Riley fell off the bus like Corey did, mm-hmm. which I was saying, like, maybe it would have been funnier if they found, like, a different way for her to yeah, get hurt. Yeah, let's talk about all these sort of episode parallels. Yeah, right yeah. Because we have the the leg injury, the, obviously, the ski lodge in yeah. general. We have the... The triangle well, aspect I like, in general. The one I guess. thing I liked actually was when he was talking about how we we made our plans and yeah. stuff, where they sort of alluded to the more sexual nature, right? And then they uh, went, and they went with Yo- with Yogi, Yogi and Darby, right? That's so, just like Feeny like coming out. And... Yeah, I so that I liked. Um, but the falling off the bus didn't really do much for me. And then obviously at the end we have the whole ambient light, the ambient light yeah. of the city blocks out the sky <laughs> and the stars, and they're always there. And all you have to do is sit down right in that spot and look up. Now, I always remember that episode of Boy Meets World because that taught me what ambient light was. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> um, I will say, as far as the parallels go, I'm not upset that they chose to do them. Yeah. What bothers me is that they chose to do them in an episode that they already were going to do fantasy sequences, so it gets yeah. busy. And they chose to gloss over them in a way that I think they didn't direct the actors to spend a lot of time making those memorable yeah. or charismatic as they might have been in the original. Like, mm. Riley was not limping. She didn't seem bummed from staying in or anything. Yeah. Corey was limping. You got more of a sense that that isolation is what drove him to become more acceptable of certain things. That that mild sort of, like, being left behind kind of abandoned thing opened him up for the possibility of being vulnerable to other things and yeah. making bad decisions. But... You just lose... Lauren was a good character, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying this weird... Most people will not agree with us, but... Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> Whether you hate her or not, she was a well-developed and defined yeah. character. Yeah. Certainly in that episode. Yeah. And you can easily see why Corey became mystified by her and that moment. Yeah. And now I just don't know that they spent enough time getting that interaction about the ambient light scene yeah. to the same level of charm, which is weird to say because I described this episode as charming. Yeah. But I think the things that, that made was it charming on at the end. were not the things that were charming in the original Ski Lodge yeah. episode. It was the fantasy sequences and the things that happened there. Yeah. So moving on, uh, Maya's back to making fun of Lucas. I thought that in this episode particularly, I, I was confused by this. Yeah. Um, because I thought it was like pretty well established that the reason she had been doing that was a defense mechanism. Um, and that, you know, she, she pretty much, I mean, at the fire camp, at the campfire scene, she's pretty much like, so I say her, her, and like, to like cover up how I'm whatever. I forget, I don't know what the exact dialogue yeah. was, but I, I did feel, especially when they, they hammer it home so much in this episode that, oh, every time you guys are together, you're going to fight. Uh, I was just like, well, and then they were fighting. Yeah. Well, no, no. I'm just saying it's like, except that isn't true. In the, at the campfire, they weren't fighting. At at the you know, in belief when they talked about religion, they weren't fighting. In you know, a bunch of and creativity when he complimented her art, they weren't fighting. You know, it's yeah. so it just doesn't that didn't ring true to me. The defense excuse versus the, the uh, antagonism, <laughs> for lack of a better word, yeah. dynamic doesn't quite get me on either side because i think that either way how they define it it certainly just becomes part of her normal repertoire in life yeah no matter where it comes from at a certain point this becomes oh this is what i do around him yeah and this is what's fun to do and i think that they did handle it a lot better than before because it was more dynamic even Mm. though it was over the top in the context of the fantasy the names changed and it was more dynamic i think it was more casually thrown in there Mm. 
every step of the way that I actually, I want to use the phrase, I almost didn't notice it. Yeah. But that's not quite true. What I mean by that is it was seamlessly integrated. Yeah. And even though I noticed it, I noticed it only ever for interesting character dynamic yeah. reasons as opposed to, oh, hey, she's making fun of yeah. her. I mean, I think to me, the reason I, that it, that it kind of stuck out as strange is because their reasoning is, oh, we got Maya back, we fixed this identity crisis, right. so, so now she, so now it. she's making fun of him. Except that I felt like she stopped making fun of him not because of her identity crisis; she stopped making fun of him because she had feelings. And so, you know, in this episode, I was very like, "What?" Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. my answer to that would be, it's not this episode that's wrong. Yeah. It was all the other ones. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. there are. And there are points like that about character interactions that we get skewed mm. by writer logic often. Yeah. And I think that when they try to make these overt sort of like, I'm doing this because of this reason moments, yeah. those often fall very short with me. Mm. And I think in this episode, how it works now yeah. is better yeah. than any reason they gave Oh, before. yeah. I mean, I certainly enjoyed the humor of her man. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. And more than that, it's yeah. just more than humor. Yeah. It's literally, oh... This is the charm. The dynamic. This yeah. is the charm of these characters, yeah. whether it's romantic or not. This is the, you know, how Riley and Maya have charm when yeah. talking to each other. Yeah. This is the charm there. Yeah. So continuing on that track, sort of, we have Maya saving Farkle on yes. the hike. And uh, Lucas is mad that he broke the rules in order to save him. Yeah. Uh, this is the one weird thing that I was semi-spoiled about yeah. from Twitter which is that Maya does something dangerous and Lucas is mad. Mm. But what confuses me so much is if it is canon that Farka was in legitimate semi-life-threatening danger yeah. and he was, you know, flirting with Smackle uh, <laughs> the whole time, why is Farkle, I mean, why is Lucas so disinterested in, his, in Farkle's well-being yeah. <laughs> and is only worried about, oh, Maya, you just did something dangerous by saving Farkle's yeah. life? Not it, like, oh, I'm glad you were around to save yeah. Farkle's life, or, oh, I should have helped you, or any other way they could yeah. have gone with that. It's literally, you went off the path, it was a danger to you, but, oh, that Farkle guy, who's supposed to be my best friend, ah, uh, he can fall. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I thought that it was a really poor example. Like, they had it, there was an end they wanted to get to, and they yeah. used a, a poor example to get there. Because the, the only real point I think they were trying to drive home here is, he doesn't like when she breaks the rules. Right. So they shouldn't have tied it to... Farkle at all. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> because the whole thing is that he is known for breaking the rules to protect his friends. Right, what she just did. Yeah, and so, like, I mean, I guess you could say he doesn't want to be that guy anymore, and so that's why it hits him, but I, I think I'm giving them too much credit. I don't want to be that guy anymore, Farkle. Just <laughs> Let's just go. die. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Ugh. so what they just obviously shouldn't have done is why did Farkle have to chase them off? Yeah. I mean, it was funny with the smack alliance and everything. Yeah. Help, Lucas, help. I mean, that was great, yeah. but that could have been in a different point of the episode out of that context yeah. because all it could have been is Maya could have said, hey, that is a nice tree over there that looks yeah. like a cool place to chill. Or maybe she stepped off the path to, to knife her name into a tree or something. Or what if, what if she was, like, sketching as she hiked and, like, wanted to hike this one yeah. area, like, wanted Any to sketch this one area? number of things yeah. that she left the area to go to a different area to chill, sketch, do something artistic, yeah. or just to be bad what if, yeah. for whatever reason. Or even if she, like, jumped in the lake or something. Right, I was gonna, like, my thing yeah. was thinking, like, maybe she wanted to go swimming. That yeah. actually crossed my mind if yeah. it was, like, a waterfall or something. Yeah. and something happened where the rocks were slippery yeah. and it was a precipice of some kind then 
fine, we yeah. get this reaction from Lucas, but not, oh, you saved Farkle's life, I'm mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, I do want to give just a generally a shout-out to Zay and Smackle in this episode, because obviously they don't get a ton to do, but what they have, they do very well. And I thought they were very funny. So they talk about how the triangle suddenly needs to end now because it's fall and this is when the leaves change yeah. and blah. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like 100 degrees out <laughs> and it's a great time to air the episode about the season changing. <laughs> it's also just, uh, they're, they're very bad at creating catalysts that make any sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about like, it, it literally to me is like, oh, this needs to end because it's the episode where this needs to end. Right. Not because anything actually creates that. I mean, like, it honestly... It's it, almost past the point yeah. of that now, honestly, no yeah. matter what they do. I mean, it, well, the thing is, it made a little bit more sense in Girl Meets Triangle when they had that whole thing with all the people being dramatic. Uh, like, I mean, <laughs> at least it was like there was something causing them to be worried, right? Something causing them to talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Certainly. As, as opposed to the leaves are changing and Corey's worried about our human nature. Like, it was just... I don't know. To be honest, yeah. it would have been more natural if there, in fact, was no catalyst that was said like that, mm. and it just was what they tried to make it be, yeah. and they just were alone in a cabin, yeah. forcing themselves to talk to each other. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They should, they, why do we even need to say the triangle needs to die? Why can't the triangle just die without us talking about how it needs <laughs> because, to die? Because, Dan, this is not a show about relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I really liked the movie night, and then them both being like, coward! Yeah. I thought that was funny. Um, so then we get the whole, we get the setup for the uh, little fantasy sequences of danger versus romance. So, so we get Huckleberry Bond. Uh, I love the visuals here. I love... Yeah. Now, do you... I saw some people, and I had thought of it too, that is this a reference to good-looking guy, or does it just happen to be similar? Because it's... Because more than anything, it's a James yeah, Bond James reference. Bond. Yeah. I mean... Somebody somewhere connected that when they were producing this. Yeah. And that doesn't mean it came from this, but at least it is a fun thing to, you know, compare. I yeah. don't know if it, you know, was yeah. inspired by this, but... But I loved, like, all the visual stuff yeah. they did here. All the the transitions with, with Sabrina spinning and, like, all that. The music was fun. Fantasy sequences alone, out of context, yeah. I can honestly say this is everything we've hoped for in a fantasy sequence episode being that we have locations that have been changed overtly but also obviously that they're the same yeah. places even though dan you didn't realize that she died in her bedroom yeah that was dumb of me at first, at first watch um because it's great because it makes it cheesy in the right way yeah. not in the way that it's like oh cory and topanga that was almost the end of them that's yeah. the wrong kind of cheesy yeah but this worked and it was fun the only caveat i will put on that is i still want to have a longer fantasy episode mm. where there's one continuous fantasy yeah arc. yeah for sure. and honestly there's a lot more room for that and it doesn't have to have to do anything to do with this yeah. arc but you know i just love these types of fun episodes yeah yeah so they're in the purple territory now he scratches on the door <laughs> meow and come in <laughs> all mean, great jokes i peyton is the mvp yeah yeah, I'll, Sabrina's a close second, yeah. <laughs> but Peyton is the MVP because he's so great at how awkward he is, and he's just like, at any moment, he's like, making some face or delivering something in a line that's so bad, it's great, Yeah. and when he said that, I was like, I know, I knew before he said the come in, and come in part yeah. that he was going to say that because yeah. of everything that led to it. Yeah, that was so good, and you, you, were, you were talking about how he's almost like Michael Sarah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. because Peyton at this point is like, 
I, I don't want to be like, I don't want this to sound mean, but like, yeah. I don't know how much of it is like him being a good actor and being like, I'm doing this on purpose and it's awkward, mm. or he just is awkward and he's just having fun and it's great. Yeah. And that falls into sort of like that Michael Sarah window where you're like, I don't know, is he acting? Did he just show up one day on set and just, like, roll with it? I mean, I don't know. Is this just him? Or is, he, or is he, like, is this his style of acting? Yeah. We don't know. Either way, it's charming. It's yeah. so charming. Yeah, I like that. I'll say I actually, I, I really enjoyed walking it with you because I actually think you made me like the comedy more. Because the first time I walked it, I definitely enjoyed the fantasy sequences. Yeah. But I was kind of just smiling my way. I was like, this is fun. I wasn't really laughing. Okay. But but being with somebody else, <laughs> that really helped. No, this like, is definitely the kind yeah. of comedy that I really respond to in a type of show like this. Yeah. Because it just has so much fun with it and it uses sort of like exaggerations off of the characters yeah. which when you exaggerate characters in too much of a real context it becomes like oh you're just writing them badly yeah but when you take things and make fun of your own characters in a way that like has the freedom to do so yeah. it can be so great and i yeah. think that some of the lines were so playful mm. and it's like the corny jokes that are great yeah and that's when you can make these corny jokes yeah not you know I'm breaking the fourth wall yeah. in a normal setting all yeah. the time. It has to be in something special, yeah. Yeah. you know, otherwise yeah. it, lo- it loses its specialness. Yeah. I really liked the sort of the use of music and and both the two fantasy yeah. sequences. Um I love shooting Zay. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I mean, oh my god, when <laughs> when Maya shot him point blank yeah. the first time. <laughs> <laughs> and was Zay good. was great. Zay yeah. was, was really great as a supporting character yeah. in this episode because he did uh, what he needed to do. And it really, the whole, I mean, the utilization of characters in this episode was great all around the board. I think, yeah. Especially when they even make things like, oh, and we had to have Augus Cupid yeah. to put him in. <laughs> that was actually good. That yeah. was not a cop-out. That was good. Yeah. And um, and you're just, right that like, flow, that you know? line might have worked less if it wasn't a fantasy sequence. Oh, yeah. No, it would yeah, not have. Yeah, That's the so kind of like, thing you have to have the freedom yeah. to say those kind of things. Yeah. I uh, I really liked uh, Smackle being like, I'm with you in this too. And then Maya being like, you're three years older than me in this too. I thought both yeah. of those were good. Uh, we had the purple cat come in. Uh, so Riley's talking about how you two would tear each other to pieces. She has her evil laugh, which I thought was great. great. And then the Riley explosion of happiness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All really fun. So then we go to, to Riley's fantasy where Lucas is just a so country boy. <laughs> Just the country boy in the big old city. I want need someone to enjoy my stories about birthing the horses. <laughs> that was great. I mean, the look on Lucas's face yeah. in this sequence all the time was like he's a like Peyton is about to laugh <laughs> at any given moment. It's, just, it's like that's like the meatloaf sequence. Yeah, he's just got that dopey. But charming look that yeah. you like. He's carrying these moments yeah. because he's having fun with it. I really, really like that. Uh, we have I have like the lights popping on. Yeah. <laughs> all the couples for some reason. Zay is with Sarah for who? Because that's the only girl that's left. And like... yeah, no, I mean, that was, I guess, the one of the most forced thing. Yeah, but that's completely excusable because it was fantasy and they were trying yeah. to work with it. But overall, <laughs> use of characters. Great. I mean, Darby and Yogi, Zay, everybody they got, and and then Sarah was great in the background, too. So then we have uh, Maya and Josh coming in as the doctors and talk about gooey sap disease. Uh, We have Riley's death scene, which I want to be in it. That was great. I mean... it was so charming yeah. all around the board. Yeah, so great. That's. I mean, if there's, is there anything else from the fantasy stuff that you want to throw out before I move on? Or I just want. I do want to reiterate that you mentioned the doctor scene with, yeah. with Josh. I did like it a mm. lot, but 
obviously the weak note was mm. Josh. Yeah. And it had nothing to do, I think, at this point with the relation with Maya and more to do just honestly with delivery. I just See, think I, I don't agree with you, I, but I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm saying it is the weak point. I think that mm. there's still something stopping me from getting that charisma yeah. that they think that he has. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from, but I was just like, why is he even here? Like, that was kind of what I was what I was feeling for some of this. Um, but we, we come out of the fantasy sequences, we had the little moment with Zay and Farkle fighting, which I thought was really yeah. funny. <laughs> that was great. Uh, I, I really like uh, sort of Farkle and Zay's dynamic in general when they have little moments like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was a very successful way to integrate Zay yeah. into the core four, yeah. because I did feel like Farkle and Zay had done things like that before and yeah. were going back and forth and they were friends, yeah. which is a big, humongous step up from yeah. when we see him and then we don't see him. Is he core four? Is he not core four? What do we call this unit? Yeah. And so they're, <laughs> they're definitely coming forward with that. I don't yeah. hate Zay anymore. No. He's, you know, yeah. he's fine now. So, I mean, the only thing really left is to mention, I believe his name is Evan, the new guy. Um, the guy, the ski lodge guy. Yeah. I, I have to say, I had a really t- hard time understanding what he was saying at first. <laughs> I honestly think he he was trying to speak slowly to make it endearing or something and yeah. soft, but like I had a hard time hearing yeah. what he was enunciating at the beginning yeah. of his. I, I didn't mind him. Obviously, it's just a teaser, and they didn't really lead up to the ambient light thing, and like you said, in the way that they could have, he could have been worse. No, definitely, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't hate him. Yeah, I just not necessarily on board with the way they did all the parallels in mm. jumbled up into this episode. Yeah, yeah. I will say his outfit mm. and everybody's outfit was great. Yeah. I think they did a really good job balancing the costuming so that it fit the occasion, yeah. but didn't look like a costume. Yeah. The one thing I do want to add to that is, though, I only feel that it was so good, I think, because they knew they were going to new set. Yeah. And why can't they just be that normal... All the time. Always. <laughs> like, even, like, Farkle having, like, those work boots. Yeah. And, like, even when they were in the classroom, everybody had, like, plaid and, like, yeah. normal-looking clothes that felt school-agey. Yeah. And I just think that, like, great that they did it, but give me more of that. Yeah. Give me more of, like, Lucas in a, in a sweatshirt. Now, do you think it's even worth mentioning or discussing that some people were talking about how is there symbolism that... Riley was wearing red, and Lauren was obviously in the red outfit. And okay. is there some connection there? I don't, Riley is Lauren. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I I don't think there is any connection there. I think people. I mean, isn't it canon now that uh, Yobi 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 is OTP now? Yeah. So it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, I I think the writers made a grave error when they said costuming matters because <laughs> I, I honestly I think all they really meant was Lucas. Was, <laughs> I know. I think all they meant when they said costuming matters was pay attention to it for the identity crisis episodes. Uh-huh. I think that it was just about like, oh, look how Maya is turning into Riley. But now people are taking every little thing from every episode and every. Se- Do you know the thing about how in uh, Texas Three, Farkle, when Farkle it was sort of comforting Riley and he told her he loved her and she said he he loved him and it was like a good friendship moment. Yeah. He was wearing a denim jacket. Oh, I remember and, this. Yeah, yeah. and so like, oh, Corey gave Topanga his jeans jacket yeah. and then he came back through the window and, and it was great. <laughs> and it's like, 
the context of those two scenes yeah. is so different. <laughs> he was wearing a jeans jacket because they had just come back from Texas. Like it's, <laughs> And that's what everybody in Texas wears. Get him all around. <laughs> all around. Well, I mean, if we go anything from Lucas in this yeah. episode in the oh, Riley scene. Get ready for next episode. He's all in denim. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right, so uh, this is pretty much, I think, where we should end out with part one. Uh, Check out my reaction videos to part one and part two on uh, our uh, YouTube channel, GMW Podcast. Um, And, of course, you know, send us in tweets at GMW Podcast or emails, gmwpodcast at gmail.com if you want us. Emails are the best thing if you want to make sure that you're on the podcast where we sort of look back on this with mail time. And again, mail time next week, whatever. Yeah, whatever we manage to do it before I do, Gares. Um, All right, so thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, dream, try, do good, class dismiss, and check out part two on Watch Disney. Yes. And And then here. Podcast that's coming (laughs) in, you know, half an hour. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)